these so I can. Okay, welcome to Burgess Power Hour. Yay. I'm back. Like I said in the call before I started recording, did you miss me, everybody out there? Uh, the last two months I have been gone. I was in Europe and then I was, I don't know where I was, somewhere else, Florida, I think. And then I was in Florida again. So I've been traveling a bit and um, I hope you enjoyed the, the recordings that I, uh, that I offered you. There were some meditations that I sent you out because I knew that you'd miss me. I didn't want to be completely incognito. So I am back live with you now. And those of you who are getting the recording, I'm not live with you because you didn't show up at the recording. So here you go. But here you guys are. So everybody will get the recording that registered. And uh, thank you for showing up and being here. I know it's been a um, crazy time for me. A very uh, a lot of uh, change going on in the world and definitely a lot of change going on with me. So this should be a fantastic call tonight and experiential. Um, and I like to do this kind of call because of the holiday season. And uh, the topic tonight, I believe, um, let me see if I get it right, because I change it up sometimes. But basically, it's uh, communication in the holidays, right? Uh, is it going to be a love fest or a smackdown? <laughs> because getting together with family and friends sometimes, um, just don't know what's going to happen there. And I'm just going to give you a couple of things. I just want to make sure you have pencil and paper. Just because I write a bunch of notes, I'm going to give you a bunch of tools that you can use, perhaps, not just for the holidays, but anytime on how to communicate and not get, um, if you get attacked or how to communicate in a more conscious way. I'm going to give you a bunch of different tools to use. And um, also, uh, while we're going through it this whole hour together, um, if you feel so inclined, you can jot down names of people that you think you might see or at some point soon that trigger you or that you get signals because some people, they don't like the word trigger, right? So what I mean by that is you get a charge on it. You know, there's something like you, they can push your buttons. All right. You already know who those might be, especially in families, people that are close to you. So you can just kind of jot down names as they come up throughout this so you can kind of practice on how you might be able to not, not allow that and to kind of move through that this time, okay? So uh, without further ado, I'm just gonna share a, a couple of things about it and then we'll go through this. And you can interrupt me as, as often as possible no problem and ask questions. And uh, uh, a little bit later, we're gonna have a little exercise uh, with one of you to kind of show you how this works, okay? So when we come together, I don't know about you with, with our families of origin sometimes for the holidays, we can find ourselves triggered because what I'm, again, what that means is maybe old wounds come up. Um, we may find ourselves reacting instead of responding, if you know what I mean. Even, even if it's never happened before, you can have peace for the holidays. It's, it can happen. So you can be present, communicate with family, and have a happy holiday and rest of the year. And in most cases, I'm going to say most, there is a lot of love present in family and friends when you gather. And I'm going to speak into 
what's happening in the world right now because maybe you're not able to gather. Maybe you're not able to be with your loved ones this holiday and what to do about that and how that's going to feel and how to show up. Maybe I give you a tool that you can use in a different way. Um, so what happens when there's a lot of love? And I'm going to speak into this a little later too. When there's a lot of love present, everything unlike love comes up for the purpose of healing it. So you have a choice. You have a choice to heal it or not. And love has a tendency to push things up that's unlike itself. Okay, that's what can happen and that you can use this as an opportunity. Um, this opportunity also might make you more aware of your own responses. You, it's that fight, flight, or freeze response that you might have when you have old feelings of hurt or neglect or feelings of not being good enough or any kind of anger or annoyance or any arguments that might show up. So in many ways, we revert back to our childhood, don't we? Because that's what we're imprinted with. We revert back to maybe our childhood selves when we're with our family of origin or we're with people that remind us of that. But instead of reacting, you can choose to respond and to heal those wounds in a loving, open environment. And I'm going to give you some ways of doing that. Does that sound good? Yes, no, just nod. Hi, Marcella. Hello. Hi. <laughs> so if your family environment doesn't feel safe, you can reside uh, in that loving environment that you take. You can take that everywhere you want. You know where that is. There's a loving environment that you have within your own heart. And to really identify what that feels like to feel safe in any environment. Okay. So let me speak into the, the part about loss and grief, just because there might be some of that going on this holiday, okay? Uh, when people pass away or if there's a divorce or if there's something happening where you're, or you're not able to be with your loved ones for the holidays, you know, that could bring up sadness. It could bring up being just feeling alone. Um, and I understand that. And I know that the thing is that I want to remind all of us that we're not alone. I know you may have heard that a million times. You're never alone, but you might feel that you might feel like you're alone this holiday season because it can bring up those feelings of loss and grief. Okay. That might, that might show up for you this holiday. So I would like to shift that. If that is you, before we get into all the other stuff, it's really juicy tools. I'm going to give you is the legacy of love. Okay, maybe for some of you it might be difficult. <coughs> uh, for maybe it's a divorce, or maybe it's a loss, or maybe you're not able to be with somebody. Particularly if this is your first time, your first holiday, or maybe even your second holiday without that person, when everything has been shifted and changed. Uh, some people might feel uncomfortable celebrating, whether it's Christmas or Hanukkah or whatever you're celebrating. And they unconsciously can convey discomfort to your own household, children, family members that you live with. It can be an unconsciously discomforting feeling that you're projecting out to everyone. So one way that it can show up and you know that you might be doing that is that maybe you don't put out decorations or 
you know, or you put it off to the last minute, or you just kind of haphazardly just go, whatever, I'm just going to, you know, do it. And it's in a frenzy, or maybe you're just depressed. Okay. So it may be, you may be in a different place and you're not sure it's a new tradition. Where do I put stuff? How do I, how does this show up? So it can be kind of discombobulating perhaps. So deep in people's hearts, I feel that these holiday traditions, maybe you don't want to do them because they belong to Norman Rockwell families. You know, I'm not a Norman Rockwell family anymore, so I'm not going to do that. Or the experience has such a sense of loss that you may decide to not do any kind of holiday rituals. Uh, that, you know, they were once treasured because you have this comparison going on of the past. Of Maybe it's a holiday past is not happening with this holiday present. And it's just too painful. That might be you, okay? Uh, so you may ask yourself, what's the point? So the point is that we all need that reassuring and healing message that we get with those treasured rituals. That those rituals are important and they provide um, comfort. So one of the most important aspects, I'm going to read this, one of the most important aspects about family traditions and rituals that families continue to do year after year is that a tradition has symbols and families need symbols. Okay, and this is according to Dr. Stephen Wolin, a clinical professor of psychiatry at the George Washington University Medical School. Okay, if you believe in that kind of stuff. Uh, they are the unconscious moments of family ritual that become emotional security blankets that can be that we really want to tug on when we're stressed out. So I encourage us, if you have that nudge of, if you're feeling that this, this holiday, for whatever reason, do your rituals. Even though you think, what's the point? My kids aren't home. I'm in a new place. My, my loved one passed away. I don't have, it's all different, okay? So they say that we need to trim the tree, light the menorah, okay? Our souls can never outgrow that yearning for that feeling of wholeness that maybe we experienced when we were younger or what we may have remembered. And traditions are the guideposts driven deep into our subconscious minds. And I'm all about subconscious minds, so... The most powerful ones are those we can't even describe and we aren't even aware of. So I encourage us, if that's you this holiday, go ahead, do your family traditions, go ahead and put out some stuff. I experienced that last year. I didn't want to have any Christmas up at all. And, and those of you who know me, I, I'm going to be kind of raunchy for a minute. I'm, I, what I, I'm what I call myself. I'm a kind of a Christmas whore. Is that a bad word? Anyway, I love Christmas. I love, 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 love it. And I, in other words, I put out all kinds of stuff. My house is like, you know, a Christmas pageant. It's crazy. Meaning that it's really important to me. And I didn't do that last year. And there was, I was really sad. So this year I'm doing it because I'm throwing a party. Those of you who know, it's a New Year's Eve party that we're doing. Him and Dennis, it's 2018. We are going to have it this year. So I am doing that, but I encourage us all to 
go ahead and put something out, you know, be able to enjoy that part and, and hang on to those traditions. Okay, enough of that. Maybe that's not you this time. Maybe you just have triggers and you want some communication tools <laughs> on how to talk to people in your family uh, this holiday season because we have these subconscious dynamics that show up with our family of origin. If you're with people that you've been with before a long time, uh, we can allow it to affect us. Is that true? Yeah, yes. So it can be communication challenged and there's different ways of communication here. So our old behaviors show up like, I'm gonna give you examples. Um, maybe we become reactive or we become that two-year-old again, or we start defending ourselves or we hide. Just notice if any of this is you. Maybe you hide or you feel you're not good enough, or maybe you're afraid to tell the truth because of some rep, you know, re retribution or some kind of maybe violence in the past where you told your truth and you got in trouble or you got hurt. Or maybe you become codependent and you start enabling people's behaviors. Or maybe you hear or say, do what I say, not what I do. Maybe that kind of comes into play. And why aren't you in a different, you start shooting on yourself and maybe your family shoulds on you and they start judging you. Or maybe you start judging yourself and then you become ashamed. Okay. Um, my family and my, how our endearment was, they would make fun of me. So I'm giving you an example of how I revert back to my younger self is that they would, in, their endearment meant make fun of me. So I learned that if people don't make fun of me, they don't like me. So how does that show up in my life? Well, I became very self-deprecating, which is good in a lot of ways, but I become very self-deprecating and I can make fun of myself easily. But it got old. As I got older, it got older. It got, you know, I don't like that anymore. I don't like people making fun of me anymore. It's not endearment anymore, okay? So if they start to do that, in my family of origin, again, I, I tell them that's enough. And I'm more aware of, I know that you love me. You don't have to make fun of me in order to um, tell me that you love me. So I cut them off at the pass because I, I, don't, I don't enjoy that anymore. Does that make sense? Okay. So just kind of notice, how do you show up? What are your old behaviors? Be mindful and present of those old behaviors if they show up. And you can uh, analyze, are you responding or are you reacting? So if you go into those old behaviors, that's a reaction. And they'll push your buttons and they will hurt us or maybe you'll hurt them because they're the closest to us. So my advice, try this on for a size. Be an observer, not an absorber, okay? Observe what's happening in this dynamic without invalidating yourself. Don't allow it in your emotional space, okay? Our family and our friends, they can really go into that emotional space if we allow it. And it's up to us to decide, I'm gonna just observe. I'm gonna stand outside of, myself for just a minute. And instead of reacting, I'm going to uh, respond. 
And I'm going to give you some ways of doing that. Okay. So you can identify, am I in the fear thought system or the love thought system? You're either in one or the, you're either in one or the other. You're either in fear or in love. So one example is oftentimes when we're in a holiday, especially if there's divisiveness going on, you know, there's going to maybe be some guilt throwing. There's guilt throwers and guilt catchers and shame catchers. Okay. So if you're one of those people who throw guilt at people, okay. Or if you're one of those people who catch the shame because people are throwing guilt at you, all you have to do is stop catching that guilt. Okay. And the shame, in other words, if you're playing catch with somebody with a ball and another person's not catching it, it gets pretty boring very quickly. They will absolutely stop. If you don't catch the shame, they're going to stop throwing the guilt. What does that look like? What do you mean so, don't catch? So when I say don't catch, what you're saying is in your emotional space, okay, you can feel yourself kind of reacting to, wait a minute, that's not me. You know, stop throwing that guilt at me because you're, first of all, you have to be aware that they're doing that. And secondly, when you're aware that they're doing it, you say to yourself, you don't have to say anything to them, okay? You say to yourself, that's them, that's not me. I choose not to um, believe that right now. I choose not to allow that in my emotional space. And when you do that, you don't even have to say a word. You can just observe and go, well, that's interesting you said that. Hmm. How about that? That's interesting. What Thank if they ask caring. you a question, though? Like what? Um, trying to um, have, have you admit to something that they're blowing out of proportion? So if they're trying to engage you in a conversation for them to, for you to admit that you're wrong mm -hmm. and they're right. One of the best things you can say to someone, if, if that's what they're trying to get out of you is uh, I choose not to uh, talk about that right now. I just want to ask you a question. Would you rather be happy or right? So I throw it right back on them. And that's the question is, same thing with you. Would you rather be happy or right? Because that's where all the arguments start, right? That's where that gets, it really starts expressing into who's right here. There's got to be a right and a wrong. And you have to prove each other right, you know, or you want to prove yourself right. And so that's when it starts getting out of control. So first of all, you stop. And that's, that is how you respond instead of react, as you say, let's see, would I rather be happy than right? And I'm going to give you a tool on what to say to yourself, okay? Other than just that, okay? Great, great question. Does that help? Yeah, because I've been pretty good at just kind of letting it go and just, you know, it's usually my daughter saying something about something in the past, and I just kind of like, there it went, and I don't say, I just can't let her talk it, but now she's like, really wanting to going at me about it you know and trying to um change my perception of things by saying she say i did it too but i didn't it was a different situation she can't compare right it's like it, i just can't you know 
well, whatever she says, she's got something else. So I just kind of shut right. down. Don't say anything. Right. Well, here's the thing, of course, you know, you want, you don't want to engage when they're in, um, in a reaction. Mm-hmm. Okay. You def- definitely don't want to go there. You know, some of the tools of what I feel like saying, uh, for those of you who've done essence of being, you know, what I feel like saying is a great tool. If you've got somebody that, which I'll get to tools later, but if you've got somebody that really wants to engage you, you can say, okay, let's play a game. Let's play a game where we're going to talk about this, but this is how we want to play. You tell me everything you want to say. What do you feel like saying about it? And I'm not going to interrupt you. I'm not going to talk about it. I'm not going to argue with you. I'm not going to try to fix you. You share everything you want to say. And then when you're finished, it'll be my turn. And then it's your turn to listen and um, actively listen to each other. And it'll be a fun game that we play together. And so you give her that opportunity to share, share, share. And you don't say a word. And you say, is that what you feel like saying? Yes, that's what I feel like saying. Well, what I feel like saying is, and you have to give them the rules. You can't interrupt. You can't have a conversation about it. And so what ends up happening is you become active listeners. And you get to hear each other on a different level as opposed to at each other. It's just another uh, form of communication that they have to be able to buy into, okay? So you, if, you, if you're really close enough with them and say, we're gonna play a game, let's see how we can talk about this if we really need to talk about it right now. That's one way to do it. Nothing may, and the point is you may not get anything resolved, but at least you're gonna hear each other in a different perspective and in a different way and it won't, possibly turn into this i'm going to go to my corner screw you okay does that help yeah i just wish um i always think about the things i wish i had said after the conversation's over right and so that's what you write it down (laughs) that's what i write down i write everything down and i uh cite you know i can you can send that to them but you can do another whole opportunity of what i feel like saying with them so But see, here's what happens. And this is the part I want to share with all of you is that we project. So she may be projecting onto you. You may be projecting onto her. And oftentimes in a family, we do project our own fears, our own pain, our own not good enoughs onto another person. We mirror each other. And so that is also what's triggering because we can have a relationship with our family that we have this mirror going on that we don't, we don't like what we see. I don't like this about myself. So I'm going to project this onto you and everybody can do that. Right. So your, your family can do that to you and you can do that to them. And so remember everything unlike love comes up for the purpose of healing when there's a lot of love present. So when there's a lot of love present, you will be able to have that opportunity to heal it or have it continue as is, you get to choose. And because of imprinting when we're little, okay, whether you're doing it to your children or your parents or your spouses or whomever, we imprint. Like a little baby bird always knows where its mom is, okay, Mm -hmm. just by the little chirp. So we have imprinting that goes on in our family as well. And that is where 
we have a response. There's always some kind of response where we know if I say this, then this is what I'm going to get. If I choose to be a brat, then this is what I know I can get away with or not get away with. So it shows up as mirroring as well, like where we project stuff. So if we're imprinted with this, you know, uh, you've got your mother or your father or your, or your child and they've imprinted on you, you've imprinted on them. And if the response is different than what they're used to, it changes everything. They cannot respond the same way, right? They just can't because it's a totally different response. It's sort of like, what? It's a pattern interrupt where if you respond the same way, they're like, okay, this is the way it's going to go. And this is how it's going to be. And we know this. Okay. So if you do this pattern interrupt, which is shifting your, the way you say things and responding instead of reacting, then, um, it'll change everything because you can't change the other person. I know you try, I know you do, but you can't do it. You can't change that other person, okay? We have a choice to respond and how to communicate without being attacked or without, um, not, sometimes we may, we may not feel good about what we have to say, okay? So, one of the greatest tools I know is to, when you are with someone, choose to see their innocence. Choose to see their innocence and your own innocence. So if you're with someone that you know you have a trigger with or that you've had some heavy conversations or whatever, look at them as a little person. Look at them as a little child. And, kind of, and just play a game with yourself and see their innocence. And while you're doing that, you see your own innocence. You're just two little kids playing in the sand. Okay. And so if, if you can do that, the energy that you are projecting onto them is innocence, not guilt which is the, opposite of, is the opposite of innocence. So um, the other part of all of this, you guys, is around these choices that you can make is take responsibility, right? You are not responsible for their feelings. I'm going to say that again. You are not responsible for their feelings. You are only responsible for what? Your thoughts, your beliefs, and your actions. That's it. That you can change. That you can be free with. That you can shift. You can change your thoughts. You can change your beliefs. And you can change your actions. Okay? You can change your words. So that is freedom. Take responsibility. Your ability to respond, right? Determines the quality of your life. So when you're having communication with someone, just say to yourself, I'm not responsible for their feelings. And we get that way, don't we? Yeah. If I say this, it's going to hurt. Or if I say that, they're not going to hear me. Or if I don't say that, I'm going to hurt. But there's hurt at the bottom of it, right? So if you don't blame, you don't shame yourself, and if you don't make excuses and justify, 
That's going below the line. Those of you who have done Essence of Being, you know this ad nauseum. Going below that line, blaming, shaming, and justifying, nothing changes. Okay? If you take responsibility for your own thoughts, your own beliefs, and your own actions, then something can change. It's going above that line. Okay? You're being authentic. You're, you're deserving. You're loving. You're powerful. You're innocent. You're creative. You're blessed. You're perfect just the way you are. Okay? So you can say, especially if you don't feel safe sometimes, and what I mean by that, it might be physically safe or emotionally safe, okay? Say, so I am in a loving environment, even if it's only in my own heart. I'm in a loving environment, even if it's only in my own heart. I'm in a loving environment, even if it's only in my own heart. Okay? You have control over that. The second thing you can do in order to respond, that's the first thing is taking responsibility, okay? Instead of reacting. The second thing is appreciate. Goes a long way. Appreciation really raises the vibration. If you're with someone and you, even if it can be just a, the simple fact that they're visiting you or you're visiting them, I really appreciate that I can actually be with this person because there are so many people we're not able to be with, especially these days. So just the simple fact that you might be together, appreciate what that does is it raises the vibration or you can find one thing about that person. Maybe they made a pecan pie. Appreciate that. They made a pecan pie. They're real assholes, but they made a pecan pie. In other words, be mindful of what you're focusing on. If you can just pick one thing that you can appreciate, it will raise the vibration of you and your consciousness and that is what you will be projecting onto them is appreciation. And that is what they will feel. Because when it really boils down to it, isn't that what we all want? Appreciation, to know that we make a difference, to be loved. We all want that. Okay, so that's a key element to me is really Take responsibility, find something to appreciate about them. And that'll help both of you and all of you. Does that make sense? Yes, yes, yes. No. Okay. Okay. So uh, let me go to some tools and I'm going to go through a bunch of tools here to support you. And you can interrupt me at any time. And I'm going to ask one of you to play along. Hopefully you wrote down some people or a person that you can play along with that you know might get uh you might have some signals or some challenges with over the holidays okay so one of the tools is uh so those are the two things about getting uh really take it uh responding as opposed to reacting taking responsibility and law of appreciation really appreciating someone okay the tools that i'm going to list are mirroring Mirroring is really important. Now, here's an energetic mirror. So what you do, if you know you're going to walk into an environment, you go into the lion's den, you know what I mean? 
and you're thinking, oh God, here we go, right? They're going to talk to me about whatever. What you do is you energetically say to yourself, mirror up. And this might be too woo-woo, but it really works for some of you, okay? So what I mean by that is you imagine yourself inside a mirror. You're inside this mirror and the mirror is 360 degrees around you and the mirror is facing outward. So you're inside the mirror and the mirror reflective part is on the outside, okay? So you just say mirror up, you imagine it so that if they try to attack or they try to say anything or come at you with anything at all, what happens is it bounces off of your energetic mirror and you just send it to the divine light. You just send it on to the divine light. And it doesn't come inside your emotional space. So going back to the question, Susan, what do I do when, you know, she brings this up? That's one thing you can do. That's an energetic move. And she, she will, it will not come into your emotional space and it will not engage. And again, throwing guilt or throwing shame or trying to be right and all of those things, it's not fun if the other person isn't playing. Okay, and that's also how you can observe versus absorb. It's just put that mirror up. Okay. The second thing is breathe. It's another tool. Deep breaths. Ah. Just breathe. It dissipates the energy and you can walk away. So what I mean by that is if things are getting heated, just take a deep breath. <sighs> and you can say to yourself, I choose not to allow this in my space. And you can just walk away if you can. And if they follow you, then you can go to these other tools. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, which is one of them is the Sedona method. Okay. What? The Sedona method. So I'm going to oh, practice okay. with one of you around this. So let's say uh, maybe you get triggered. You know, maybe you're just like, I am so sick and tired of them talking to me about politics, or I'm just so sick and tired of whatever. So somebody play with me on this one. Who wants to volunteer? I will. I figured you would, Susan. It's the Susan show tonight. Okay, so, <laughs> so let's uh, bring up something about, you want to do play it with, with your daughter? Yeah. Okay, so play out something that you get upset about, or, or what is, let me just, just think about something that you talk to her about, okay? You don't have to say what it is, just think about it. Got it? Okay, do you want me to say, or do you want me to? You don't have I to, can. but this is the question I want you to, to answer. What is your now feeling? What is my now feeling? Mm -hmm. um, I'm just trying to preserve my, my relationship with her. Okay. What's the feeling? Um, I'm, I don't know really how to describe it, but I'm afraid that it's, it's on the brink of, going downhill and I feel like I need to repair it Dan I need to be careful in how I 
I'm walking on eggshells with her. Yeah, you're walking on eggshells with me right now. So this is what I want you to say. So what is my now feeling? You're feeling fear, right? I'm feeling what? Fear. Yeah. Would you say that's accurate? Okay. (laughs) Bottom line. (laughs) Okay. Walking on eggshells, you're feeling fear. So can, can you allow it? Um, can you allow the fear? I can allow myself to fear, feel that way. Okay. Could could you let it go? I've been working on that. Could you let it go? Yes or no? I'm about 90% there. Would you let it go? (laughs) Would you let it go? If I have to. Yeah. When? I, well, I, I, I said my piece to her and I, it's in her, it's in her ballpark right now. And there's nothing I can do or say from that point. And I made my point clear. So, so what is your now feeling? So what is your now feeling? Ooh, it's tough. Um, it was fear. Now right now, fear? right now I'm having difficulty describing my feelings because I feel like I have to detach. I have to allow myself to be okay. So you're feeling detached. I'm having to detach. Um, Do you feel sad that you have to detach? We've had, we've got, we've, this isn't our first rodeo. Do you feel sad? Do you feel sad that you have to detach? Yes, I okay. do. Okay, could you allow it? Yes. Okay, could you let it go? I don't know, because then it makes me feel guilty for being okay. detached. Okay, would you let it go? I have before. When? The last time she and I had this you know i just had to go well she'll she'll come around eventually okay so take a deep breath (sighs) see you're dancing around this too hon you're walking on eggshells with this whole process which is perfect because you're you're basically demonstrating how this works so the sedona method you write yourself you tell yourself these these questions these are the questions you ask what is my now feeling? Could I allow it? Could I let it go? Would I let it go? When? And the idea of this tool is to get you to a, a, uh, a neutral place. So if you're having feelings that are overwhelming and you're sad or you're upset or you're angry or you're frustrated or you're fearful, any of those feelings you don't want to necessarily feel, okay, you lean into it and you say, all right, what am I feeling? Could I allow it? Could I let it go? No. Would I let it go? Maybe. When? I don't know. And you keep asking yourself that over and over until you get a yes. What's my now feeling? I'm feeling 
fearful. Could I allow it? Yes. Could I let it go? Yeah. Would I let it go? Yeah. When? It now, you know, so the idea is you want to get back to a neutral place and the letting it go. And um, sometimes you have to allow yourself to feel it. So feeling this in your position right now, based on what you're saying, if you're, if you're not attached, if you're not attached to your feelings, remember our feelings are our guides. So that, so a lot of people's um, uh, way that they uh, handle this is they hide or they detach or they don't feel. That way I don't have to feel bad. And it's, mm -hmm. and if you do not have your, if you're not in touch with your feelings, then you could be rudderless. And now you're not in touch with weight. You have no direction because our emotions are our guides. And in the reptilian brain, those are the choices you run. You can either fight or you flee or you hide. Well, so, um, one thing that I've done before is go through a scenario. What's the worst thing that can happen? And then just yep. come to terms to that. Yep. And then, okay, well, what's the next thing that could be even worse than that and come to terms with that. And then just, you know, well, all those things could happen. Right. And I'm okay with that. They don't end up getting that bad, but at least you've already kind of. Yeah. Like lived through it and accepted it. And remember this, expect the best and accept the worst. Yeah. Expect the best and accept the worst. Okay. So that's another way of doing it for sure. And another tool. So that's the Sedona method. Thank you for kind of playing that out, but you can do that. So the whole point of it is to get to a neutral, neutral point. The other thing you can do is you use these words. The truth for me is. So if you're one of those people that are afraid to speak up and tell your truth, because of repercussions, either you're going to hurt somebody or you're going to get hurt. You say the truth for me is they cannot argue that they may disagree with what you're saying, but they cannot argue that that's not your truth. And you say the truth for me is, and you tell your truth with compassion. Because a lot of people, maybe in your family, they know how to tell their truth, but not, they're not very compassionate. And be mindful that what you can do is, is have your compassion hat on, tell your truth with compassion. And this is how you do it. Here's the questions you ask. Will this serve to say it? Will it serve to say it? Yes or no? Who will it serve? How will it serve? Those are the three questions. Will this serve to say it? Who's it going to serve? And how's it going to serve? And then you come to the conclusion of what's the highest good for all concerned? What is the highest good for all concerned? So for instance, I might be upset and I want to tell that person that they hurt me. So I'm going to say, hey, will this serve to say it? Yes because they hurt me. Who's it gonna serve? Me, because I get to tell my truth, right? How? 
well, it could, I feel like I can tell my truth and I have a voice. And I choose the highest good for all concerned. Does that give you an example? Does that help? Any questions about that? And remember in a compassionate relationship cycle, those of you who have taken essence of relationship, the triangle is to, in order to have a compassionate relationship with anybody, you have to have empathy, respect, and ownership. Ownership for your own feelings, thoughts, and beliefs, respect for yourself and them, respecting them, and have empathy. And I believe that a lot of us are in an empathy crisis right now. That the world is in an empathy crisis. And it can be up to us to demonstrate how to have empathy. Putting yourself in other people's shoes. That's going to be the bridge for communication. Is to have more of that empathy. And part of enabling yourself to be able to have that empathy is again look at them with, uh, with their innocence there's a spark of innocence in there somewhere they were babies once that part's still in there somewhere just like you you have your innocence in there somewhere okay um actively listen is another tool and i already told you how to do that do an uh, what i feel like saying so that you can actively listen to each other and not talk at each other. And you can, you can, if they don't understand it, you can pose it as a game. It's a communication game and just see if, if they'll play, okay? Um, and think of yourself, would I rather be right or happy? And that's always a good thing to ask someone else. Would you rather be right or happy? And I know that sometimes people say, I'd rather be right. <laughs> that's okay that's a choice and i always say well how that's how's that working for you <laughs> get yourself in arguments many times so my suggestion is you know don't bring up the past the past has nothing to do with how you're feeling right this moment so would you rather be right or happy so being in the present moment is really powerful. So if you can get into that present moment and don't layer the past on it, because we do that with our family and our friends all the time in our relationships. We layer the past. Well, they always say this and this happened before and this is how they're going to react. So just be present with them. Maybe they're not going to react. Maybe they're going to respond. Maybe they're different. So watch your tone. That's another tool. Remember, communication is 7% written, 38% tone, and 55% your body language. So watch your tone and watch your body language. So when you're speaking, when you walk into that house that you're with someone or you're with somebody, just take a little inventory of your tone. And one way to do that is take a breath, always breathe. That's why I put that as number two as a tool, breathe. 
because people hold their breath, especially when they've got something to say. Okay, the tone. People will match your tone and you will match theirs. So be mindful of tone and be mindful of your body language because they, they will match that as well. And it puts us into that reptilian brain. Like I said, fight, flight, or freeze. And just identify where do you show up in those types of confrontation or types of feeling fearful? Do you like to fight? Do you freeze and not say anything and just hide? Just not say a word? Okay, or do you run? And that's hiding. I'm out of here. And nothing really changes, right? But that's that reptilian brain. That's the response. That's a reactive response, not a uh, responding response. <laughs> that's reactive. So the mammalian brain is that feeling brain, okay? That's where that empathy kind of comes in. That's where our emotions can help us and support us. And the other thing I wanna share, this kind of works for me as a tool. If you notice if you're a fight, flight or freeze and you start getting to the, into this reaction with communication with people you love, you know, this might be the last time you talk to them. This might be the last time you see them. And how do you want the last time you see them or talk to them, how do you want it to be? Especially if you don't see them very often and they're your family or friends or you don't see them very often. And, if, and, and this is really prevalent right now, would you agree? This could be the last time you see them. And how do you want it to be the last communication with them? How do you want it to land? Not to get morbid, but that kind of puts it into a real, it can put you into a real heart space as opposed to reactive. Okay. Um, all right. One other thing. There's, um, it's, it's really up to us to demonstrate to the two other people that if you're conscious, if you want to be a conscious person, sometimes it's, it's not for the weary. Okay. Because it can be, it can be challenging at times to be conscious but we are the demonstration of how to do this, to be our authentic self, to communicate without judgment in our voices for ourselves or for others. See yourself as an innocent child. See them as an innocent child. Even if they don't want it, even if they don't understand it, even if it doesn't make any sense, even if they don't deserve it. Okay. You know, the serenity prayer. Some of you may know, uh, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference, right? Here's a different, here's a different serenity prayer someone told me, ready? I love this one. 
God grant me the courage to change the one person in the world I know I can. Grant me the serenity to accept the people I cannot change. And grant me the wisdom to know that that one person is me. So I'll say it again. I loved it. I was like, oh. Grant me the courage to change the one person in the world I know I can. Grant me the serenity to accept the people I cannot change. And grant me the wisdom to know the person is me. That one person is me. Okay? Because all, all we really want, everybody, is to be loved, to know that we make a difference, to know that we matter, and that we're important, and really to be happy. Don't we all, all want to be happy? <laughs> what? Oh, be happy, yes. So take this opportunity for the holidays to really tell them how much you appreciate them and love them. You never know when it's going to be the last time. And don't go into the situation, my suggestion would be, to not go into any situation looking for validation. Because you may be disappointed. If you're going into your family or in the holidays if you're going with people or trying to communicate and you're looking for validation on any level from another person then there's always the opportunity that you're going to get disappointed because the validation really needs to come from yourself that means letting go of your own judgment of yourself that makes sense if you okay so you're not going together to say look what i did and look who i am please be proud of me because there's always an opportunity that you could to be disappointed because they don't get it and if you all if you look outside of yourself for validation there's always an opportunity to get disappointed so the real person again is you, is validating your own self, that you are whole and complete, and you don't need anything from another person to tell you how magnificent, beautiful, wonderful, powerful, innocent, perfect, loving. Mm -hmm. You don't need another person to tell you that if you really feel whole and complete within yourself. And that's how you demonstrate to your family and friends how to show up. And they'll feel that from you. You're different. There's something, you're playing on a different level. And they cannot talk to you the same way. They'll, they may try. But it's not landing and it's not landing on you. It's not in your emotional space. So pretty soon it's going to get boring and they won't be able, they can't talk that way to you anymore. And remember, most, most of the time they're projecting anyway. It's their own pain and fear that they don't want to look at. And you may have that as well, projecting that. 
onto them. Possibly. Any questions about any of this? Does it help? Any shares or ahas around it? Birch? Yeah. I can say that I've been trying that uh, act in a loving way with my family for about eight, ten years now. Uh huh. And it is exceedingly slow, <laughs> but it is making differences. But it is, it's, it's, I'm not trying to change them. I'm just trying to be with them in a loving way. But it's still very slow to affect a change in family get-togethers. So, Joy, who is this affecting, honey? You or them? I think it affects them more because they actually stammer and try to figure out, well, I know she's not going to rise to that, so we got to do something else. Okay. So, yeah. I think it's affecting them more. Because I can so, sit and knit, no problem. <laughs> you can what? Sit and knit, no problem. Uh-huh. So what if you change it up, hon, and instead of running and, and freezing, you say the truth for me is, and you try and you absolutely show up a different way and actually share your truth, say your piece in a compassionate way. It's a pattern. That'll be a pattern interrupt because the pattern for you is to sit in it. Well, I'll have to think about that. I don't have a problem with it. I just am not sure about the social dynamics of saying that my dad's new girlfriend is a real toxic person. So I can't say that true. <laughs> But I can figure something else out. Well, that's confronting for sure. <laughs> so if you so instead of confronting and saying you're a toxic person, what's another way you can tell your truth with compassion? Say, Dad, I love you. And I choose to really I want to I want the best for all of us and I want the highest good for all concerned. And just leave it at that, hon. I've tried and that not allow, and not allow her toxicity to affect you. Oh, I don't let it affect me. And well, she's figured that you. out, fortunately. Okay. okay, good. So if you're, so this whole point of all this is if you're triggered, then it's affecting you. If, if you're not triggered sad for and my you're dad. neutral, yeah. you are not responsible. Repeat after me. I am not responsible I'm not responsible for my dad's feelings for my dad's feeling. No, but I do know that. And I tried to shed some light on him so that he could make a, a choice and realize he had one. That's his choice. And I let it go. Cause that was his choice. Yeah. Yeah. But no that bad. does, that method you mentioned does work. It's just painfully slow. <laughs> Well, it's how it affects you is the important part. Well, mm -hmm. I'm okay. Okay. This year will be different, but I'm yes. okay. Yes, yes. 
and see see her innocence, hon. The more you see her innocence, the more you can reflect that for her. I'll take that challenge. Okay. Good. Because you're a conscious person. Excellent. Anybody else? Anything else you want to share, anyone? Or we're or, or good? Or any questions? I have something that, um, I mean, I was just flying like everything has been going great. And then this particular thing has tripped me up. Um, so my, my daughter's boyfriend struggled with addiction and I've been very supportive and very loving. And, um, you know, she, she wants to try to help him and, and all that. And he's been making strides. But in August, he got arrested for attacking her and my son. And then the end of October after mastery, he had a confrontation with me, you know, shoved me and um, yelled at me because he relapsed again. And so I'm, I forgive him, but I don't trust him. And she wants me to trust him. So and, she's chosen to stay with him. Well, she had to kick him out, um, oh, but she wants okay. him to move back in as soon as a protective order is released. Oh, okay. And I, um, and I she wants to go. Yeah, I she wants. And I, to, I think that you and I need to probably discuss this offline. Yeah. <laughs> on perhaps a strategy on how to hold space for her. And so that you feel safe and that you, I know that as a protective, you want to, you want to protect your, your child, of course. And, you know, it is their choice again, because she's an adult, right? And at the same time, you want to be able to um, say your piece and be heard and to feel safe for sure. And well, she wants also, to visit and, and, and include him in family get togethers. Well, there's a boundary like there. So, so yeah, again, so. offline, let's talk, let's talk offline, but okay. there you, can set, you can set a boundary. You can say, here's what mm -hmm. I'm willing to do. Okay. X, Y, and Z. And if he agrees to X, Y, and Z, then we're good as gold. Mm -hmm. If that's something that you can um, agree to. While they're in this transition of trusting again, because it's tough, especially when they're yeah. being safe. Yeah. So let's talk about this offline too, about another strategy, but that would be it. Definitely is okay. putting up a boundary. That'd be and that's, helpful. That's, that's, that's a boundary. None of she doesn't like me that I set that boundary though. Too bad. <laughs> I'm not responsible, but however, I know the pull, push me, pull you, right? She's my daughter and I want to be close, right? So, but you're not responsible for her life. Mm -mm, I know. Yeah, that's a tough one on a parent. I'm still going through it, so. <laughs> <laughs> but be, be conscious about it, honey. So we'll, let's talk about that. We'll do another okay. strategy on that, okay? Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Marcella, was there something you wanted to say? Well, you and I kind of talked about this before. And 
for me, it feels like some unfinished business. And because we're going to the holidays and we haven't for the last couple years because of COVID, it's like everybody, you know, it's such a condensed time. I mean, you want to be with them. You want to love on them. And you feel like there's some stuff that you need to talk about and there's not a lot of space there. You know, you've got a lot of people and dynamics and... So may I suggest, may I suggest that what you do is you would put a, um, you put a pin in it. You, you basically, you broach the subject and say, I feel like I I love you. I appreciate you. All the things that I told, I said about all those tools Mm -hmm. and I really want us to have a a conversation um, on zoom or a phone, you know, basically you compartmentalize it and you say, would you, do you feel like there's some, I feel something that is really important to me. Would you be willing? Would you be willing to be willing to have a conversation about this next Wednesday or next Tuesday or, you know, set a time where you can actually have a conversation where it's not with all the hubbub of the holidays and stuff, but take the opportunity if you're going to be in front of somebody that is the most perfect opportunity to have your tone and your body language mm-hmm. and your words match and be congruent with i love you and mm-hmm. can we are you willing to be willing to have a conversation I'm, it's something really important to me mm-hmm. and now, you set a time to do that outside of that mm-hmm. i mean i almost feel like that would be awesome if i could do that before we go up but it's just so crazy you know with every and I feel like I have to do it with my brother and I have to do it with his wife. I need to do it like it's like all these individual conversations or a joint thing, you know. And then you add my husband in the mix and you add my you know, so yeah, yeah, well, you know, and again, if they're open and the, the key point of this is are you willing to be willing? Mm-hmm. Do you feel like there's an out? You know, you can actually, it, it depends on, it depends on the situation on where, how far you've talked about it or not. And if they feel the same thing that you feel, meaning that there's some kind of out that you would like to become neutral about so that they feel heard and you feel heard, um, then that's the opportunity. So you take that opportunity and maybe you can do it together if they're willing to be willing to do that. Some people are feel safer if it's one-on-one. Some people, it's okay to talk in front of each. Mm-hmm. Some people don't understand their feelings or know how to talk to each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, so that depends on who they are and how much they're willing to be willing to open up to that kind of a conversation. Yeah. But I, I would like, absolutely compartmentalize that. I feel like my brother is pretty open. He's just not a communicative person. So he's more analytical. So, you know, he just gets in the busyness and it's almost like I'd love to have, I really want to have that conversation. I know he loves me and it's all good. It's his wife. That's kind of the thorn in it. And I know that there's going to be some uncomfortableness with her at this. And there's probably some resentment and jealousy and that projection stuff that you were talking about. Yes. Marcella, here's a great way to just nip it in the bud again to compartmentalize it if you yes. have time to really get into it. Yes. So 
So you can confront, meaning acknowledge, okay? Mm-hmm. If you, you, for instance, you could go to her and you could say, I know that you may be feeling, what was the word you just said? Flat she's what? She's, uh, you just said a word. She's feeling uh, uncomfortable, okay? Yeah, yeah. uncomfortable. You could say to her, I know, I just want to just offer this, that um, uh, that I know that you might be feeling uncomfortable. Is that true? Mm-hmm. And uh, I really want us to not feel uncomfortable around each other. So I would like an opportunity for us to, to really hear each other. And uh, just so we feel good about each other or good about the situation or whatever it is. But I would, I would acknowledge it, say, it must be hard sometimes to come into a family situation and feel uncomfortable mm-hmm. about how you are here, you know, if something's happened. I can only imagine how you feel. See, this is the empathy part. This is, it mm-hmm. takes, it takes practice, but you can say those words. I can only imagine how you feel. And you, you use those words and you actually say whatever it is that you think they're feeling yeah. so that they, they feel seen and they feel heard without uh, feeling confronted or judged. Yeah, And it opens good. up a pathway for you to be able to connect with them mm-hmm. on a deeper level. Mm-hmm. That's brilliant. Thank you. Welcome. Yeah, it's really good. You're welcome. Okay. Well, it's past time. I know it's important and I know that we want to be able to share, but you know, guys come to shamanasta.com. I'm going to put it in the chat. Um, I think I did. Maybe I didn't. Here it is. Essenceofbeing.com. Of course, go check out all of our stuff coming up. But my last thing I'm doing here in the year is shamanasta on December 28th. And what that is, is you can ask questions from fifth dimension and beyond, if that's in your purview, if you believe in that kind of stuff. <laughs> but you can come in and ask questions and get a whole other perspective of perhaps what's going on in your life. Certainly, I do private sessions. And then all next year, we're going to be having a whole other essence of being in Texas and all kinds of places we're going to be playing and doing all kinds of fun stuff. So check it out essenceofbeing.com but the next time that you can be with me and shamanasa will be december 28th and or you can email me burge at essenceofbeing.com or go to the essenceofbeing.com and check it out and um we can do a private session and we can kind of get into the nitty-gritty to really support uh what came up this time okay and um just know that all is well and all of you make a difference in the world and you matter and you're important and you have the right to speak and you have the right to feel. And I wish you the best holiday ever. Mm-hmm. All is well. Thank Good. you. Bird. You're welcome. Thank you're welcome. You. Yeah. Happy holidays to everyone. Yes. You too. Hun. So check it out. Come play with me some more. You guys. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Bert. Thank you. Thank you, Peggy Lee. Thank you, Peggy. You're welcome. See you soon. So it's very good. Very Very good. good. (laughs) We love it.